Did you know that kinky wellness is integral to your self-development? Hi, my name is Dana Shrigal. I'm a kinky wellness coach and owner of The Partition, home of kinky wellness. Each Monday, I bring on a guest to discuss why kinky sexual wellness deserves a seat in the wellness conversation. You can catch my solo shows on Wednesdays, but let's jump into it. Hey, and welcome back to this week's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about how to move from self-hate to self-love with Dr. Fanny LaBoulanger. Dr. Fanny can be described as a lifegasm fairy godmother, and after years of working as a doctor helping women, she decided to follow what was obviously missing, assisting women to reconnect to their pleasure and their orgasmic power. Using a combination of ancient wisdom, modern science, a talent to teach, and a French sense of humor, Dr. Fanny's mission is to help you reclaim the thriving and fulfilling life you deserve. Dr. Fanny is also the host of Your Sexified Life podcast, which you can access using the links in the description. But for now, let's welcome Dr. Fanny to the show and get into it. Hello, Dr. Fanny. Welcome to the show. And how are you? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited about this because our topic today is moving from self-hate to self-love. And so I guess the first question right off the bat is, how would you describe self-hate? The thing with self-hate is how it goes. It is a whole range of things. It can go from just a mean voice in your head, having opinions and things to say, about what you do, if you what you want to do, or even considering doing it, and it can go full spectrum of um, self depreciation, just wanting to puke when you see yourself in the mirror, and it can also get to total numbness and not feeling alive at all. The sneaky thing with numbness is how is this actually so people dependent, like our sex lives, <laughs> but yeah. So that would be like the kind of the mild, medium and extreme version of it is that little voices in our head ranging to just not wanting to see ourselves in the mirror. Now, yeah. with most things, I feel like when it comes to negatively thinking about ourselves, it kind of starts with somebody else. Somebody may have said something and then we internalize that. Or is there other avenues of how someone can develop self-hate? Um, definitely the outside part. I mean, look at the society we're living in. So there's even either someone you know or things that has been transmitted to you through your family history or personal history or whatever. I also feel there is so much... Mm, well, it's also a matter of what comes from inside, but it's more a question of how do you adapt to what you perceive has been given to you. There is what you integrate as, you know, when someone makes a mean comment or when you're a child and integrate something. And also the trickier part about how we change our behaviors and how we adjust to subtle things that actually can ruin us and ruin our self-esteem and everything else. So how we interpret things. Yeah, it's, in my opinion, it's just a question of what, how we interpret and how, how many and how much resource we can have towards what is getting thrown into our faces. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you're having a good time, that person is like, can say shit at you and you don't give a damn. Whereas when you feel a little bit fragile at the moment for X, Y, or Z reasons, it's really hard to 
actually let that go as what it is, just one person having a bad day or just wanting to throw things at you. And I think that this that's the trickiest part of self-hate. It's also the disconnection from our resources that it plays a huge part there. Absolutely. I think when people don't understand is that when you are having a bad day, we do take things way more personally. And it's easy. Sometimes we don't like the jobs we're going to. So we already wake up in a bad mood. And then when someone says something to us that may be out of our control, we can just keep going through that vicious cycle. And it seems like once you get on that track of self-hate, it can be kind of hard to get off of it. Definitely is. And I think the sneakiest thing is how unconscious it can be because it can really take some time, not saying that this is the case for everyone, but personally, I noticed it took me months, even years to notice that no saying, oh, hell no, when someone tells me that I'm pretty or that I get a compliment, like, nah, that's not true. Or noticing that I wanted to puke when I look at myself in the mirror is not something that is normal. <laughs> so. You know what? And to your point, I do feel that people struggle with taking in compliments as if we are not worthy of compliments. And that is definitely a huge form of self-hate that I think is sneaky, that people don't register and they can blow it off like, oh, I'm not. Oh, you're just saying that you're just saying that. But really, we need to reframe and relearn how to take in positive, like positive things for us. (laughs) Someone told me once. Do you really think people have that much energy and time to lose to actually give you compliments that they don't mean? If they're doing that, well, they're stupid. So take it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so easy. It's funny how we can take in such negative comments so quickly, but yet positive ones, we struggle with that and we struggle to stay in the positive mindset. Yeah. And how everything around us is showing up all is showing us all the time that we are not enough so when someone recognizes that we are enough in whichever type of form it's hard to integrate it because you know you've been told your whole life that no you will never be enough whatever you do and that Mm. sucks yeah yeah and it seems like social media is a big one for that even hierarchies at work family origin these Things And it takes a lot of effort, I think, to even acknowledge, like, you don't need to put yourself down on top of everything else. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) So when it comes to moving from self-hate to self-love, like, what are some steps that someone would have to take or even recognize, I guess, at the beginning? I think the easiest, in terms of the how to get from self-hate to somehow else, somewhere else, Because let's face it, from self-hate to self-love, the journey is long and it actually needs a few steps. You can, it's, some people succeed in that, but for most of us, if we start to say one day, just, I completely love and accept myself. There is a part of our brain that is like, you are not believing that. (laughs) You're just telling yourself that that's not working. So there is this whole journey from self-hate to self-love that comes with curiosity, neutrality, and then some kind of recognition, and then acceptation, and then a little bit love. Self-love is a choice. And it's an ambitious one that requires us to be brave to choose it. 
I love that. I do think that it is ambitious to love ourselves. And I think we we've been taught that you don't, that's not something that you find within yourself. It's always external. You have to constantly be proving your worth to somebody in order to get love or to get something, but really it's something that we can give ourselves. And I think even just telling someone, Hey, you can love yourself through this. That's difficult for people to hear. Oh yeah, definitely. And more than that, I think we're so used to show ourselves and show to others the range of self-hate. How many of us have seen our mothers not take care of themselves because they sacrificed their life to their kids? And now when we want to do something else, we get comments or we get, <laughs> yeah, we get comments or thoughts or just you know, this idea of being a good mom that is sacrificing herself to the family, for example, and things like that. What I truly feel is complicated about self-hate is how kind of integrated sexism when you start looking at it, like, holy fuck, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so that is another question that we have. Like, how would working on your sexual wellness help you with your self hate I guess it, it would come back to empowerment I believe that would be a big one but what other things are there mm, the, the first question that I like to ask or the first answer I like to provide is first has the rest worked for many of us we've tried a lot of things we've tried a lot of self-development strategies and things and with very little results or results not really not really satisfying regarding the time and energy and our sexuality is such a blind spot there's so many questions and so much energy about changing your mindset and things like that and then we tend to forget our bodies we tend to forget the vehicle we tend to actually take it for granted and I'm sometimes guilty of that myself and how when you understand and it takes as long as you want, as long as it needs. When you understand that one part of the solution is to actually look inside and stop rushing and running for outside validation and outside stuff to buy or outside stuff to make us feel something. When you start that, the best way, in my totally unbiased opinion, <laughs> <laughs> is to actually have a look at your sexuality because for many of us if not all of us this is a part of our lives that we are so disconnected from our bodies and how if we work on it a little bit we get a lot back because that's where the work is if you want to consider and consider it as a societal philosophical or whatever there is so much to do there that only the little that you do can really change dramatically because you're stepping out of the vicious circle. The vicious circle is super hard on ourselves. And when we step out of it, we also realize that this energy, this strength, what is available for us can also be at our service. So when you honor and start healing, then there is a virtuous circle that starts. Absolutely. And I agree that we have been disconnected from our bodies to the point where we're almost afraid of it. So that fuels into the self-hatred because if we ourselves are afraid of our bodies, 
then of course it's very easy for other for us to think that other people are afraid of it as well. Yeah, I see that in my medical practice too, how people can tend to forget what is basic common sense because they're so used to look outside for answers and no judging anybody doing that. I'm doing that myself. We're all humans and we're all conditions in our society. How the more we look outside for solutions, the more we look outside for answers, we tend to forget what we are capable of. And sometimes we also need outside outside answers and outside care because, you know, if you want an IUD or get your pap smear or whatever, this requires outside resources. And noticing as well that this is just tools that you need, but they're not the solution to everything. Mm. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, that's the difference between sexology and sex coaching, for example, because sexology is like, the medicine of sexuality whereas sex coaching is using the coaching tools and the coaching magic towards helping your sexuality get from okay to hell yes before medicalizing that too yes <laughs> medicalize everything in our society <laughs> get that basic common sense towards ourselves too well, I, I love what you said there. Now, just before we move on, you did say something about if you do the self-development practices and they're not working. Now, what would someone be able to do if they're doing some sort of self-development and, you know, they're not getting the results? Like, what advice would you have for that person? First, be honest with yourself. And it can be really tricky and really confronting as well, because when you notice you spend a lot of time doing something and you don't get the return on time investment or financial investment or anything, we have a very human tendency, myself included, to be like, la, 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 this is not happening. <laughs> so first, actually honoring that, oops, I have messed up and that sucks. So first being honest. And then bravely step out and notice what is the same everywhere. When you think about it, there is so much self-development um, material that is just the same. And you get the same answer for, from everywhere. Just like in social media, every, nowadays it feels like everybody is doing the same thing mm -hmm. <laughs> in a sense. So how... It actually helps us reconnecting to your sexuality is you doing something different. And when you do something different, you're going to get a different result. I think it was Einstein who said something like being crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Absolutely. So if you get your, if you do your self-development practices and you don't feel better, you can, and even more than that, I would go further and say that I personally experienced it, that we can go into the, what I call the explanation rabbit holes. We heal ourselves so much that we get explanations from everything. You get into so much self-reflection self and so much insights from yourself that you also forget that all of that needs to be, to have, to be useful. It needs to help you feel better. And not to help you feel miserable because you're basically flawed and have everything wrong in your life. 
Well, I, sorry, to your point before, I do want to say that I think change is difficult for people. Like when people oh, yeah. get into a routine and someone said that this should work, that some self-development practices that worked for one person is not going to work for another person. And that should definitely be something to take hold of. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Definitely. So if you're not happy with your self-development, really it's just be patient and try again. Like this is all this is, is trial and error. Life is about trial and error. Yeah, but try something different. <laughs> so what are some different ways that you can use sexual wellness or self-pleasure to develop self-development practices? There is this whole part of healing your sexuality to get back to yourself. So to, to reclaim your inner compass to feel what is true for you, reclaim your consent, either it's a consent in our sexual time or just consent with yourself, actually allowing the space from inside to hear what's a yes, what's a no. And for that, you need connection to your body and to your senses in general. Then you can also, depending on what you feel about the theory about pussy power and the connection to the goddess from the womb or the yoni or anything, if you resonate with that, that's great. The only, I think how it were, the easiest way to summarize this is how sexual energy is literally life creating because that's the one that creates babies. And so if you bring this energy and put it towards where you want to be, what you want to do and who you want to be, it's it's at the same time the most powerful creation force that is available. And it's also a force that doesn't tolerate any kind of bullshit. You're going to get burned <laughs> like your beliefs and all you think was true because it, even if it was just a lie, is going to be thrown into your face. <laughs> yes, which in that alone, and it's... It's very powerful and it can be overwhelming, I think, at the beginning when you're first starting in this journey, because I the more positive elements of like self-love and positivity, those are actually more scary than I believe than the negative ones. It's so easy for us to default into negative aspects and negative feelings. Our brains are literally designed to the negative bias. Mm -hmm. I mean, where we were just like monkeys running around the savannah. When we sow something was a question of, are you going to eat me or not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you mentioned about emotional numbness, and so what is some signs of emotional numbness? Does someone know? Because I feel like that's something that you also said autopilot, because I feel like people slip into emotional numbness and they don't realize that they've done that. Most of us see this numbness emotional numbness and autopilot because we don't see a way out it feels like the days are just coming and they're just the same and the same and the same and you just feel the time passing and basically like a train racing forward and you have no idea if you're on the train or if the train is just passing by there is this feeling of maybe inside a screaming that you can't do this anymore, that this is not normal, this is not how it's supposed to be. And also, maybe the most, yeah, the most painful or at least tender to our hearts is how we can tend to live half awake, half sleeping, like zombies just 
going from one place to another. And it's also really important to, yes, to actually be kind to yourself. Be aware that there is nothing wrong with you. I think the other part of the emotional numbness and the autopilot is how even if we don't feel anything or if everything feels blur and gray, how at the same time our mind is convinced and tells us all the time that there is something wrong with you, that we're broken, that we should behave differently or things like that. Yeah. And I think that's why sexual wellness is so empowering because it is something that can break up that numbness. It is that thing that can stop the autopilot because you can do virtually anything in your sexual wellness, especially like for through BDSM and kink, you can bring in so many different things that don't even involve sex if you didn't want to, but it's about reconnecting ourselves to our imagination and creativeness, I think is a big element on how to stop that. Yeah. And to actually notice if your sexuality has started or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people, I feel like they are We've been almost programmed to be told what our sexuality is growing up. And that's a big element. So that's, it's really going back there to see like, is this my actual opinion or is this an opinion, something that I was told as a child or during school or adolescence, or even as you grow up into adulthood, things like that can be put inside. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So another question is, say you're on the opposite side and you have everything that you wanted right? And you have everything and, but your life is still, as you put it, is just meh. Like, it's just meh. Like, what are some practices that somebody can do to spice that up? I think the best idea is to start reconnecting to your senses and it doesn't have to be sexual at the beginning. It can just be tasting a piece of chocolate or strawberry or just reconnect to these senses. And if that's is at the beginning a little bit challenging. First, get back to the breath because one of the archetypal symptoms of the emotional numbness is how disconnected from our breath we we are. Having this breath just in autopilot and how, yeah, we're not conscious of our our breath. So... Sorry, I was going to say, I actually started breath work, I would say, a few months ago. And... I never considered breathing something to do into your daily practice, but now I do it every day. And it's, it is something that people need to take notice of. And there's so many things like, um, just an audible sigh, deep breath and sighing. I think that's the fastest. I saw a report that that's the fastest way of getting rid of anger and it's breathing is very important and like not mouth breathing and like things like this that I don't think that are they're becoming more popular now but it's definitely not something I ever heard of uh, growing up and I think it's better than that so thank you for pointing that out and also you can play with your breath in your sexual wellness you can basically move sexual energy and have this orgasm orgasmic energy going through your whole body through the power of the breath if you use a very activated breath Pleasure is just sensations and energy. So using your breath, you can help move um, in your body and they can, yeah, they have space. You reclaiming your breath allows them to have space and it allows you to play with what is available. And there is a ton of things available when you reclaim the breath. 
Yeah. Well, actually, if we can speak more on how, how do you move the, how does breath move the sexual energy around? Like, what are some things that someone would have to take notice in order to do that? It's more a question of what are you doing with your mind that is supporting with, that is supported by your breath. Mm. And the thing that I experience and share and share is how you use the breath as your anchor where in end you are consciously moving the sensations. If you take the spine, for example, you can feel the turn on or the pleasure getting from your coccyx to your sacrum and then back on the front of the body and then coccyx to solar plexus, like lower part of your back and then back on the front of the body and then up to the spine, up the spine to the heart and then back on the front of the body. So you are using your breath as an anchor to actually be able to modulate somehow the sensations and the intensity of the sensations and the pleasure. And I think that's what's the most beautiful is because your pleasure is yours to enjoy and you also have the tools to figure out what feels the best at the moment. Yeah, and in the moment, I think it's important that a lot of us drinks our day-to-day, especially our sex, we're not in the moment. We're not presently like 100% there. And so I like that you mentioned that because it's super important that you're not disconnected. You you are, like you sense everything. You know what's in the room, even the temperature of the room. You know what's touching you, what's not touching you. Really being present in that moment is also something that's going to make your orgasm and your pleasure 10 times better, like 100 times better. You you need to be present actually. That's the best thing to do when you want to step out of emotional numbness and autopilot. Because when you reclaim the breath and when you reclaim the sensation and the awakening of the senses, you're getting back to the present moment. Mm-hmm. My beloved teacher says that sex is the active form of meditation, which I like. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's nice. Well, uh, there's other things that you have. So your definition of a healthy sex life Like, I know that when I reached out to you, it says it may not be what you think. So I wanted to make sure I asked that question to you. I think your healthy sex life is that it it is sex life that looks like what you truly want. Some people enjoy penetration. Some people don't care. Some people enjoy turn on and sexual pleasure. And some people are totally asexual and really happy with that. I think a healthy sex life is a sex life that helps you feel fulfilled, helps you feel connected with yourself, brings you joy, brings you the feeling of being alive because you're connected to this sexual and life-creating energy. And how you can get this feeling of life sensations from the widest possibilities ever. You can feel alive in a soft practices with a lover. You can feel alive with an orgasmic bloom or (laughs) fountain of power because you can choose. I think this healthy sex life is when you reclaim the choice and reclaim the possibility of what is available for you, how you can choose the pleasure you want. You can want a lusty turn on. You can have a passionate turn on. You can have a sweet turn on 
same for orgasms you can have emotions orgasms you can have the possibilities are endless and the healthy healthy sex life in my opinion is how you actually allow yourself to play and experience and feel good with allowing yourself to play Absolutely. Play is something that adults definitely need to make time for. This is not something that's reserved for small children or anything. This is something that actually I believe that humans at any age should be able to do. But we somehow there's a major part of our life where we're like, oh, we're working full time now. We can't play. We're adults. So that's that sex. Yes, sex is play. Sex is play for adults. I definitely believe that. But you mentioned something about emotion orgasms. And I would like you to just if you can explain that just a little bit more because that I've never heard that term before emotion orgasms in that way but um but it sounds interesting <laughs> emotions are just sensations so to quickly recap that for example you can get a heart your heart racing because you're angry but also because you're scared but also because you're having an amazing orgasms you can be and same and anger can be like a really hot anger where you're throwing your anger at someone or it can also be like a cold revenge anger so mm -hmm. emotions are just sensations being given meaning by your brain from the context you've seen them again and again and orgasm being the release of sexual energy the accumulation of a sexual energy in whatever shape or form these are just coming from the same family so you can get a sadgasm you can get an angergasm you can get a disgustgasm <laughs> that's yeah I some think... of them are really nice to experience <laughs> well actually I'm glad you brought up disgust I think disgust is one of those sneaky emotions that are not a lot of people will identify themselves with but we all have it there are things that just don't sit well with us but there's a lot of people out there that I feel don't identify with disgust at all as if they cannot go into that emotion but we just all have it yeah I think when you when you go deep inside and when you actually step out of this autopilot, what is beautiful is that you get your joy back. And what is also beautiful is that you will get all your shit back. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, you will have to let go. You will get back your shit together. And so all the anger, all of the disgust and everything that has actually been thrown under the carpet because you wanted to be a good girl or a good person or, you know, not take too much space or make everyone happy or smile because your anger, sadness or grief or whatever is inconvenient and doesn't concern anyone than you. It's really, yeah, you get the full spectrum, which is beautiful. And it can be also a little bit challenging. <laughs> well, I think it's important, like through sexual wellness and BDSM and kink, it gives you the space to have these emotional orgasms that you want on all spectrums, because I say this all the time, but we want to experience our souls want to experience the full range of life. And it's not just the positive emotions that, you know, we have a culture where it's like, stay happy, you must be happy. And it's funny because you see signs that say, like, don't worry or don't stress. But our brain isn't wired like that. You just see the word worry, even if it says don't in front of it, it you're still going to worry because that's what it is. So it's about reframing and not saying things like you cannot say it, you know, kind of like in a positive context of like, just let go, I think is a better one instead of don't worry is like let go of things you can't control. 
but these things, they, they affect us. And so, yeah, you do need to dump these emotions out somewhere. You can't just bottle them up forever. I would even go further and say that we cannot numb ourselves selectively. When you disconnect from quote unquote bad emotions or things you don't want to feel because they are overwhelming. I mean, we are allowed to be angry regarding the state of women in our Western society or sadness because of the lost opportunities and how we may have played good girl basically our whole life. So all of these emotions that are feels super threatening because they're so intense. When we suppress them, it's only a matter of time that you suppress all, all what's coming with it. And what's coming with it is joy. And what's mm -hmm. coming with it is connection to your turn on, to your sexual energy. As you mentioned, we're here to experience it all. Yeah. And it's just in the, sorry, yeah. I was going to say, to your point, even um, I would say betrayal comes with that. And betrayal trauma is pretty big. And people think it's connected just when someone, like when someone cheats on someone, I think that's the biggest thing. But betrayal is a lot. And also how we grew up, we can feel betrayed of being like, no, what I was taught was wrong. And it was not productive and it was not something that I should have been doing actually it's the exact opposite and so that's pretty heavy on someone because your whole almost identity has been taken away from you and more than that it's also I totally agree with you and also this betrayal shows you that nothing makes sense mm. in a sense that there is no one to blame because what you have been given, what has been passed on to you from your parents or your society and, and, or anything, they just did the best they could because they were not aware of what was going there. Mm -hmm. So it's basically, I've not been given what I needed, but they couldn't give it to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's an anger. It's a sadness that we cannot direct to anyone. And that's really uncomfortable to feel and it can be really interesting to have orgasm with them <laughs> well that's the thing about it I think having these emotional orgasms it kind of replaces the need to put blame on someone else because there are things in life that just happened and not everything has to have blame I feel like there's a lot of us that really need this I have to blame someone I have to blame someone or something and that's just not how the world works either I would go even further than that and how actually healing your sexuality and owning your turn on and the power of your pleasure is a sense of self-responsibility and actually stepping out of blaming others. Even mm -hmm. if society is fucked up and there is integrated sexism and everything, you healing yourself is like, I'm showing up for me. I'm leaving for me. And yes, you're fucked up, but you don't have the power anymore to fuck me. <laughs> yes, I like that. And it is, it is responsibility, but it is something that requires work requires effort and but it is kind of the biggest way to come back and say fuck you I, I'm doing me like this is what I'm gonna do and it is needed for our self-development and I think what you said to have a fulfilling and thriving life if you miss out on this sexual wellness element of your health you're never going to be in my opinion I don't believe you're ever going to be healthy I do believe that too also honoring people who are asexual and like I actually would love to talk to someone one day to actually discuss all of that. But in my opinion, too, sexual energy is life force energy. And at the moment, I don't see how you can feel truly alive and truly fulfilled without connection to this. 
energy. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is kind of the root reason why you can get over self-hate because it starts with, if you can't, you have to give yourself pleasure. And I think replacing any type of negativity with a positive, like being able to give yourself pleasure, you get to put that back in your hands. It becomes like a you taking control of your life. And that is that is something that we all need to do. Yeah. And you also reclaim your safety. You reclaim your inner resources. The power of pleasure, because you're connected to your essence and to your life force, also reminds you that whatever emotions you're going through, you can, you will get through it because this is the most powerful force of all because it creates life. So no matter shitty emotion that is going on at the moment, your life force will be, will be stronger than that. And how, yeah, having sexual orgasms or just having pleasure, connecting to that helps your nervous system to soothe and say, hey, I can work with whatever is going, is thrown at my face. Which is something that I love that you said that. I think everyone should hear this message. It's we are powerful enough to get through whatever we are going through. Human beings are built for that. We are built to overcome. And, but it, it yes, it, we are built to overcome when we find those inner resources like our sexual wellness. So once you get a grip on that, life, it's not that life becomes easier. Life is hard. There are tough seasons and there are good seasons, but you can, it's you can handle it by you figuring it out. Like it's really just you learning how to fix problems and like, you know what? I can't fix this problem because it's out of my hands or yes, I can take accountability and handle this issue because I can handle that. But it's differentiating between that's not something I can control. This is something I can control. Yeah. And I think healing your sexuality and reconnecting to the pleasure is basically a good way of doing that because you're noticing, okay, this is me. And that's the bullshit society has been telling me, or that's yeah. the bullshit I got from my parents, or that's the bullshit from everything else. And the ritual passage between the two can be really challenging as well. And it's, in my opinion, a journey of a lifetime because we are, we always have blind spots. We think we got it all. And then we're <laughs> noticing that, oops, la, forgot that personally I thought I was accepting myself and then I gained weight and I was like okay no you need to work on that <laughs> well it's true like even with changes um in our as we grow older or whatever stage we are in our life like our body does change and those changes can be scary because you don't want to sometimes you don't want to change that way you're like no I liked you know what I was like younger or whatever the case may be but I do believe that if you take care of your body your body will do its best to like take care of you yeah getting back to homeostasis the the balance point basically your body wanting having its balance point and doing everything to get back to this balance point at any moment mm, because mm. our body is balanced like when you get a cut if there is no issue of any, um, of hemophilia or anything, your body will just slowly rebuild the skin so that you can not have the cut anymore. So we're designed to come back to balance. And I think honoring our sexual desire to heal is one of the best way to come back to balance because what is going on around us, this disconnection, this shaming, this guilt, is a big thing that is throwing us out of balance. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot on that side and there's not a lot of self-love and compassion that we have for ourselves. And that needs to be the other side of that balance. And so I do have one last question here is how is pleasure the fastest way to get compassion back to ourselves? So first it helps you create the safety in your nervous system that you crave. So you have your own back and you can deal with whatever is thrown at you. And also really basically you're honoring your true nature. I mean, with female at birth bodies, we have an orgasm dedicated to orgasms and to pleasure. The clitoris has no other role than bringing us pleasure. So thousands of nerves to bring us pleasure. So whoever says that we don't deserve pleasure, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And people who say that pleasure, like that someone else has to give you pleasure, like just touch yourself. And that's another one about, I think when it comes into self-hate is that we're because we're scared to touch ourselves and our bodies like that is a form of self-hate in my opinion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely well this has been a great conversation on how to move from self-hate into more self-loving practices and you gave a lot of practical tips for people to use and I would love for my listeners to know where they can come and find you if you want I have my own podcast that is called your sexified life because being alive is sexy, where we talk about the power of pleasure and healing your sexuality to actually step out of meh and autopilot and emotional numbness. So the podcast is the best way to hear more about my work and get on my email list. I could give you my Instagram, but I'm like a DM person. So my Instagram (laughs) is boring. (laughs) Well, I will make sure to put all your links and everything in the description so everyone can find you there as well. But I want to thank you again for coming on the show. This has been great. And for my listeners, I will see you all on Wednesday. And as always, stay kinky.